I am super excited to have you back for another episode of Red Receipt. It's a deep dive into the how and why of the brands we love and the creatives behind them. From blueprints to launch day, customers as community, and the detours in between. Big lessons and easy listening. Red Receipt is hosted by Antidote, the email and SMS marketing agency by people who hate boring email. Today on the show, I'm talking with Jennifer Ross, the co-founder and CEO of Swoon, the first line of all-natural, zero-calorie and zero-sugar lemonades, teas, and cocktail mixers. Inspired by Jennifer's experience having type 1 diabetes, Swoon is on a mission to take sugar out of society all without sacrificing the little joys in life. We explore using grants for funding, partnering with the right retailers, and keeping a remote team motivated. As always, thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Where, where are you based? I am in New York, right in uh, the West Village. Are you from New York originally? I am. Um, yeah, I was born here and have lived here basically my whole life, except for school. What, where did you go for school and what did you study? I went to Dartmouth undergrad and I was a government major, so have done oh, absolutely nothing with that. Um, it was all <laughs> liberal arts. So, and I knew I always wanted to do something in business. So that was, it was kind of just like, what was I interested in? Um, but again, knew that I wasn't going to really do anything with that, that specific degree. Um, and then I went to business school um, and I went to Harvard. So was in Boston for two years. Oh, amazing. Uh, what was it like going to Harvard business school? Did you, did you have a like an idea before going to business yeah. school that you wanted to explore or? No, I, I didn't have an idea. You know, when I got out of college, I was working um, at a big bank in real estate. And then after about two years, I did join a startup, but it was like in the sports and like technology space. Um, when I went to business school, I knew I was sort of always interested in startups and entrepreneurship, but wasn't you know, set on starting my own thing. I didn't go in with an idea. Um, I met, I really kind of met my business partner in my section. We both have the same last name, Ross. So we were seated next to each other and really started off as friends. And then kind of as, as we were just hanging out, that's when the idea for Swoon started, but it definitely wasn't a premeditated, like I have an idea, I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to launch it type of thing. How did you, how did the idea initially come about? And what was the, the vision for the brand at that point? Yeah, so just for some background, so Swoon is a line of zero sugar, all natural drinks. Um, we, I'm type one diabetic. And so I was diagnosed when I was six years old and have tried every sugar-free option under the sun. So like back in the day, like the crystal light, you know, diet Snapple, vitamin water, zero, everything. And then as I got older, really realized that sugar is bad for everyone, you know, two thirds of adult Americans are pre-diabetic and sugary drinks are really the number one source of that excess sugar. And so actually when Christine and I were started this, it was in the cocktail mixer space. It was right at like the height of skinny girl and like the height of like craft cocktails, which were just full of sugar. And it was one of those things like, how many limes do I have to add to a vodka soda to taste good? 
And, you know, I was over at Christina's house one day, she's Cuban. So she was making a margarita and like, uh, sorry, a mojito rather, and pouring in, um, you know, all of this sugar and like to make the simple syrup and was like looking at me and I was like, I can't have that. She's like, I don't even want this. And so that really was kind of how the idea was born. And then it really morphed from sort of this idea of a cocktail mixer to then we made a monk fruit based simple syrup and monk fruit is sort of like our secret sauce, if you will. It is from the Lohan Guo plant, which is a native plant to Southeast Asia, and it's 200 times sweeter than sugar. And so that is where we get all of the sweetness from. And so we worked about two years from after we got feedback from like bartenders saying, if you can make a simple syrup, hence that simple syrup that Christina was making with sugar, with monk fruit, we'd use it in all of our cocktails. So we launched a swoon simple syrup. And from there, we were just tasting people, you know, you're not going to taste people in like a straight syrup. Um, so we were making lemonade with water, freshly squeezed lemons and our swoon syrup. And then people were like, well, can you bottle this? Like, I want this. So that's really kind of what led us eventually to swoon, which is a line now of lemonades and iced teas. Were you still in business school when you started working on it or? So we were, we were, we did, when we started working on it, we were in business school, neither Christine and I had any experience in food or beverage. So we really like did not even know where to begin. Like we've, we've started by literally going to bars in Boston and ordering our favorite drinks and like bottling them under the table to send them to like a food scientist. We don't even know that you need a food scientist or like what they did. Um, so, but it was really nice being in school because we just asked so many questions and people were really willing to talk to us as students. And we really utilized sort of all of the mentorship programs to really just like learn about the space. Like we were consumers and it was one of those things where like, well, we want this product, but had no idea of like, how, how do you make it? How do you sell it? Like, what does any of this look like? Did you launch the simple syrup early on in that process no so that really we we launched the cocktail mixers and that was really two uh you know after a few years and really two years of r&d so we launched the simple syrup and really launched the swoon brand in uh, uh july of 2019 and so you know it was we we had the cocktail mixer, which was a different name under be mixed a few years before that. And then again, like I said, it was from having that and the feedback from bartenders um, and chefs saying that like, if you can make a monk fruit simple syrup, we would use it. What was it like launching that initial like form of the business? And was it hard for you to decide to change directions or did it feel like a natural evolution? I think any change is hard. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we had had it for a few years and when we launched it, like I said, we really didn't know kind of what we were doing. So it really started, you know, selling into stores like Christina and I, my partner would go like door to door, taking the product and selling it, like asking to speak to the managers of bodegas in New York, of grocery stores and like trying to, you know, leave them our like sell sheets, leave them product coming back, following up. So it really was like a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat. And then from there, we did get more traction and got into more chains, but, you know, so it was one of those hard decisions. Like we're expanding our distribution. We have this idea for another product. It has a different name. We were launched as be mixed. Like, do we change it? We think this could be much bigger. 
we have distribution, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not so much distribution, but I think any change is, is definitely hard. What made you feel confident making the bet initially, especially like launching a totally different brand experience? I think, you know, for a while we felt like, you know, be mixed was a, was a great sort of like product, but it really didn't have, you know, the kind of like the brand behind it. And so, especially as we were talking, you know, about like we, you know, about this monk fruit, simple syrup, we just didn't think be mixed fit for it. Like it wasn't just a mixer at that point. So it was kind of like really digging in and going back to like, what is this about? Like what kind of like thinking about like where else this could go in the future. And so that's really where we thought of swoon and sort of like was that idea of like swooning over over the fact that it's not sugar, but tastes like sugar. You know, it just like feels good to say, um, you know, we love like the SW piece of it kind of sounds like a little bit like sweet. Um, so again, and the kind of, we definitely had like, should we do it? Should we not do it? Should we do it? But I think really, you know, we finally kind of just said, okay, we really believe in this. We have had enough feedback from people in the industry, from in the field, just listening to customers that we think there is something here. So that's really kind of what gave us the conviction to, to go for ahead. You, did you, had you raised funding for anything at that point? Like, or was, was the initial business profitable? Super, super detailed question, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, the thing about, interestingly enough, about food and beverage, it is definitely really hard to be very profitable in the beginning um, when you kind of look at kind of all of your expenses with marketing and, and even just product costs, because obviously costs go down at scale. And in the beginning, when you're producing like starting literally when we made it at a commercial kitchen in Queens, like a thousand units, like you can only imagine how expensive it is and then what you're actually selling it for. Um, so no, in the beginning, it definitely wasn't profitable. And when we started, we ended up actually getting um, some grants from school and kind of submitting ourselves into different competitions. And we got runners up in the Harvard Business School New Venture competition, and we got money to fund our very first production run. Um, which, which was awesome. So we kind of did in the very beginning, a lot of these more of like MVP type products or sorry, type tests to get it out there. Then once we had that, we got this funding for and that first production. How did you, um, how, yeah, like how did you start developing product and learning about like, uh, formulations of product and things like that, knowing that you weren't from the industry? Yeah. I mean, so like I said, like we had no idea. We literally started by bottling drinks from a bar and clearly that is not how drinks are made. Um, I remember very early on, we got put in touch with a food scientist from Sargento cheese. And our first thought was like, what, how does cheese have a food scientist? Like it's cheese. But then you really realize like, every food out there. Like it does not just come from like the earth or an animal, like, and just come to your, to your house. Um, there's a whole process involved. So it really was kind of this like conversation with them, then put us in touch with someone that does beverages. And then they're like, oh, well, you have to, you work with the formulator. Okay. Like who's a formulator? Like, okay, here's some names to call, call them type of thing. Like we went to their lab, worked on that, you know, and there it's, it's much more of like a science and we're like, well, we like something, you know, more floral, more fruity, like very much don't have the vernacular down. Um, and kind of just saying like things like as we're tasting it, 
a bit in real time. And then even from there saying, okay, well, like, how do you make this? Like, you don't just like make it over your stove type of thing. So then having to learn sort of like the different ways that products are made, different types of manufacturing, um, different processes and, and all of that. So I feel like it was honestly through like, a ton of conversations and just asking so many questions and frankly, getting a lot of things wrong. Um, and it's a lot of like trial and error in the beginning and still today. I guess also the, the customer feedback, like the fact that you didn't even know you were going to make drinks in that format. Right. And then you were getting feedback from people that they either liked or didn't like certain yeah. aspects of yeah. those of those drinks was like so amazing because it wasn't something that you were set on, you know, like versus people that have a product idea, mm -hmm. want to make it already, probably haven't gotten any feedback on it. And then they like are already kind of biased. Exactly. And I think that's been one of our biggest learnings is to really listen to the customers. I think like to your exact point, you can kind of have this idea and like stay super focused and just like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. But you really do have to listen. I think, you know, even when we first launched our lemonades and iced teas, like we loved our classic lemonade. We loved our half and half, but customers were like, this is too tart. Like I want something sweeter. This is too bitter. And so finally we're like, okay, people are like really telling us this. Like <laughs> we can see this in the sales, like we should listen. So we did actually, you know, after we launched, went back and reformulated to kind of sweeten it up again with the monk fruit, but really, really listen to customers. I think that was something probably early on, you know, we were probably like a little bit pigheaded of like, we're going to do it our way, but then very much quickly learned when you listen to your customers, you end up making much better decisions. How long did you work on the Swoon brand? and like the business change before launching it from the time that you like really felt felt like you were going to make the bet so it was about two years and a lot of it was in the R&D side of it because monk fruit does exist, but it really hadn't, there'd been nothing that had existed in a liquid format. So, and so at the end of the day, it has to taste good. And the other thing about simple syrup and sugar is like, there's a mouthfeel component to it. So it's not just the sweetness, like it is a little bit thick. So it really was spending a lot of time really working with experts on to making it taste great. And so at the same time was also working on the brand um and the biz and sort of like the whole business plan of what that would look like so but all in it was about two years and how did you think about getting distribution with a beverage brand like a beverage beverage businesses like it's hard to break into mm -hmm larger retail distribution chain. Yeah, I think that, you know, what was great is having started with the cocktail mixers, we had already had built some relationships in retail. So this was really great. We kind of had established great relationships with our buyers. And so we're able to kind of go back to them, present them to this and get in that way. And I think then again, it still is about like cold calling, emailing, you know, all these retailers have review cycles where they're looking at new products. So it's going in that way. We also we're going after food service, both for cocktails, as well as for coffees and teas, kind of anything that you are adding a sweetness to. So again, it was like, that was back to like pounding the pavement in New York, like going bar to bar, like coffee shop to coffee shop type of thing. Um, you know, leaving them a bottle, like say, please play around with it. Like, we'll come back. Want to hear your feedback type of thing.
What is the landscape for distribution within beverage brands similar to Swoon? Is are there like distributors that you so, so there's go distributors, through? and I will just say like alcohol is also very different than non-alc, and we're not alcohol. Um, yeah. But again, so we theoretically as a non-alc brand, you can go direct to any retailer. And for some, we still do. Like we actually just launched in Target and we're going direct to Target, um, which is awesome. But for a lot of our retailers, we do go through a distributor. So we sell to a distributor, then they sell to the retailer. Yeah, I guess I had uh, I had talked recently with an alcohol brand and like thinking about how hard it was to get in front of distributors when yeah. they had no distribution, like the fact that you can go direct and just like figure out what channels work best for you is amazing for mm-hmm. the industry that you were entering. Yeah, it's it's obviously you know, great to have some like retailers that you can bring to the distributors and you're not saying like, I'm starting from scratch with you guys and need you to get me in everywhere. So that was great for us to be able to kind of establish our own relationships and and show that there was like want retailers do want this, customers do want this um, before we started working with them retail uh, distributors. How did you, um, how have you structured the business since like all those initial grants that you ended up getting from school? Um, did you end up raising money to to build the brand, like knowing that it is more capital intensive? Yeah, in we ended for... up, you know, it's it's been a combination, but just private capital, you know, a mix of angel investors and privately funded. How how do you view like the your time horizon um, that you're working towards, like in terms of success? You know, when we first started this, again, having zero experience in the beverage industry, we're like, we want to grow this. We want to, you know, to pass this down to our kids type of things. We really wanted, we were passionate about it. We started this as a true personal need, kind of given that I'm type one diabetic and we still do feel that way. But I think what we've realized is really to kind of have that access across the country or even in the world and have as many people drink Swoon and therefore access to sort of zero sugar options. It really is hard to do that like totally on your own. Obviously there's companies like Red Bull that have done it, but a lot of times the kind of quickest way and most efficient way is to partner or get acquired with some of the bigger guys. So that's ultimately the goal. But again, in the same goal of saying like, we want Swoon to be everywhere. And like, what is the best way to make that happen? And are you uh, knowing that, like, are you focused on growth over profitability right now? It's really a mix of both. I think for us, we're always looking at our, you know, our economics and our cogs and our margin and looking, it's, as I said, it's those things, you know, definitely come with scale, but kind of making sure that we are building a profitable business. And and in terms of like marketing, I mean, obviously like the distribution that you're talking about, like getting into Target helps with exposure mm-hmm. and people finding and seeing the brand. Um, how how have you thought about like cutting through all the noise in in the space also knowing like how many brands are out there these days yeah we think about marketing in a lot of different ways sort of like 
kind of like that general brand awareness. So like, how do you just like get on a customer's, you know, radar? So like, what else can you do with social media, with podcasts and PR kind of, you know, advertising thing that all the way up until store. So we also do stuff in store, try and do demos or kind of off-shelf displays, different kind of the point of sale displays, things like that to really stand out because you're right. Like there are so many brands, like when you walk into a store, you know, sometimes you might know what you're looking for, but if not, there's like hundreds in front of you. So how do you kind of cut through once you're there? But even before that, the ideal is that someone knows about you before they go into store and they're looking for you. Do you feel like your advantage is how differentiated the product is? Like in, in essence, like that is most of the work is the positioning of it up front? Yeah. I mean, I think positioning is so key to us and I think it's key to any brand. And I think really for us, kind of what we're saying is like, we're making your classics better. Like we're not trying to do so, so much. Like it is a zero sugar lemonade. It's a zero sugar iced tea, like, you know, just like a better version of that, like diet peach snapple that you used to have. And like, if you just take a little bit of sugar out of your diet, you're going to be so much better. And so again, kind of just like that very straightforwardness to it, it is very approachable so that people aren't like, Ooh, what is this? Like, I'm a little bit scared, but just like, yeah, I, you know, I want that. Like, and this is a better version of the things I've had before. What was it like for you having diabetes and also I'm assuming like you enjoy drinking yeah. flavors like that having like options yeah I mean it was it's funny I was you know I had this like distinct I was diagnosed when I was six so I had this like distinct memory of being in second grade at school and like going up to like the juice like the whatever juice juice dispenser and like sneaking a pink lemonade just because it was you know it was so good and the only other option I could have was water and it was just like you know kind of that was like my whole childhood and even then obviously as I got older there was like other options you know sure there's like diet coke there's you know the diet snapples vitamin water zeros and then and now all of the like flavor wa- flavored waters out there um but you know even today it's and, and why we really started this was like yeah I drink flavored waters but sometimes I just want a little bit more, like a bit more in that taste and that flavor and that body and, you know, want something that is natural and really wasn't finding what I wanted on the beverage aisle. I also feel like if you're, if you're like focused on your health and well-being, cracking open a diet Coke doesn't seem like something you would be no, it just feels wrong. like it's one of those things that you just know, now we know too much about it that you you're sort of like how can I really do this? Um, so like, that's our exact point. Yeah, like Diet Coke seems like the worst option, even if there isn't sugar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how how do you think about like launching new products? Are you guys staying within like the framework of taking like the most classic like beverages and upgrading them in that way? For now, kind of in some with like a little bit of a twist, but we think there's like a ton of opportunity there. I think, you know, we're, we're straightforward in the sense like we're zero sugar and not making it so far that you're like, what is this? I don't really know what this is going to taste like and kind of just staying on, you know, with the classics, with the twist. How, uh, 
How did you guys work on the branding aspect of it? Because from the outside, like it's such a, um, it's like such a colorful, fun brand that pops off a shelf or even like in the direct consumer space, like it stands out so much. Did you guys bring in partners that you like had worked with before to help on the brand? Yeah, so for our lemonades and iced teas, we actually did it all in-house. Um, we have an awesome designer, Hannah. And so that was definitely like our collective brief together was like, this should be fun. This should be celebratory. Um, you know, it's not about diet. It's not about deprivation. So we want the packaging to reflect that. So, I mean, and the interesting thing is we developed all this in the beginning of the pandemic. So we were all at our own houses. You know, she was, we would get on Zooms to go through it. We couldn't even get like mock-ups, like we printed out on our computers um, or our at-home printers and go through that whole process. But that was exactly it. We kind of had this idea of what we wanted it to look like, but didn't know what that actually looked like. You feel like the pandemic, um, just like people being more conscious of what they were intaking, I think so. Also, I mean, I think you can yeah. look at all sort of beverage and food and beverage trends. I think that is true. I think people are definitely conscious of what they're eating and drinking and kind of knowing where they can make healthier decisions. Yeah. I mean, crazy, like to know that you've launched during the pandemic, like the distribution that you've gotten since then and launching like in Target and yeah. such huge retail chains uh no it's definitely been a wild less than 18 you know 18 months (laughs) is it crazy to look back like at how drastically different the business feels versus before launching this line of drinks no it really does you know this week we just had our whole team in and did sort of like a a first quarter review and like look to the second quarter and it's really crazy to think like where were we a year ago like where were we even in the beginning of 2022 and kind of the step like the leaps and bounds we grow like each month what do you uh like personally what do you feel like has been most impactful or different for you or like how has that felt maybe You know, I think there's just this energy kind of around growing that like I feel, you know, personally, but even again, being together with the team, you can just feel it that everyone on the team feels it. And to me, that's the most exciting. Like everyone is just so like buzzed, so energized and kind of they're like, I just want to like go out there and crush it, which they are doing. So kind of feeling that excitement, something I think, especially working from home, like you just don't get. Um, So to me, that's been one of the most exciting things. How uh, how have you thought about building a team during that time frame too? Like knowing that people are working from home, also with like such a growing brand. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Before the pandemic, our whole team was based in New York, um, and then during that, some people moved, and then we've hired, and we definitely now have hired for hired people that are not based in New York. And I think we have seen, as I'm sure so many other people have, that you can be efficient um, and you can be effective of not being all together. However, at the same time, we do think it is really important to kind of bring people together and establish that culture. And I think you just miss some of that. So we do have bring our team all together um, in New York, sort of, you know, at least once a quarter and some other people more often. Looking back since before you launched, like even back to business school, is there any advice that you wish you like uh, could give yourself back then? Not even to change anything. Yeah, I think something that we've gotten better at is sort of like 
don't let the perfect get 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 away of the good or whatever that that is. It's kind of yeah. sometimes we would just try and make things be so so perfect, have to be a hundred percent that it would take so long, or you know, we would kind of just get like stuck in all these details. And I think now it's like okay, if it's like 95 percent there, like that's good enough. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna learn, you're gonna like get feedback, you're gonna make changes. So I think on a lot of things, it is just important to kind of like get it out there versus like lingering over those like little Little, little details that the reality is like no one's going to pay attention to. You have to, um, is that something that's a challenge for you to like continue coming back to that thought? Definitely. Um, I think that is nice. Christine and I do sometimes remind each other like, okay, okay, this is just good enough. Or sometimes like if one of us is like going down a spiral, the other one can pull us back and be like, okay, like this is good. We're good to go. Or like, we just need to do X, Y, and Z type of thing. But it definitely is a constant. We need to remind ourselves sometimes like what is our big goal here? How are, how have you been like continuing like, uh, the train of like education or learning in a new industry, like, cause now you're building a brand in an industry that's like, you're learning mm-hmm. on the fly. Does it feel like that or? You know, um, it, it constantly does. And sometimes I'm like, oh, we got this. And then I'm like, wait, I had no idea about X, Y, and Z. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I don't know other industries, but I did say food and beverage. Everyone is so nice. Um, and so willing to help. So we've definitely met people and kind of like, well, literally just email them be like, Hey, can you hop on the, call, the phone for 15 minutes? Or like, I have a question about this, or can you intro to me to this person? And people are really, really nice and willing to do that. And I think that's how we kind of learned the most. Um, and so we continue to do that. We hope we try to do that for other people. Um, and we also encourage our team to do that because we're not always the experts as well. So, you know, in kind of whatever thing that they are working on, we want them to find the experts. So I, I, again, I think kind of talking to the people that are like a few steps ahead that have figured it out have been, has been incredibly helpful. Are there like communities that you got involved with that made that easier or is it just like a very, uh, tight knit industry in general. I mean, I think kind of going to trade shows, like going to, you know, different happy hours and things like that. And again, just like meeting someone from a brand, like you go and see them in stores type of thing. Like they're like, and then like eventually like, oh, have you met this person? Let me connect you. Like, let me get coffee. Um, Things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I feel like the uh, founder community now too. Yeah. With um, like all the Slack channels and, there's just like so many ways to get connected to people and everybody's like working to find the same or exactly. many of like the same challenges that they have. For sure. Yeah. The Slack, the Slack groups have been really helpful. Kind of those quick responses. Yeah. Um, is there anything like later this year that you're really excited about? Like how often are you guys launching new so we are just now, and I don't know when this will be live, but yeah. launching a sweet tea. So it's a zero sugar sweet tea, um, which we are super, super excited about. And then we are launching a fun new collaboration um, in May that I will tell you about then. Oh, that's awesome. That is so fun. I'm Collaborations in this space seem like they would be so interesting and fun, like uh, how broad 
So it's a product, um, but it's with a really fun uh, brand and person that we're doing it with. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for thank taking you. the time to talk. Of course. Uh, yeah, amazing to watch like how fast you've grown. I didn't realize that you launched during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I know. That is so wild. Bread, receipt, bread, receipt, bread, receipt, bread, receipt.